I'm Angela Acosta, a New Jersey photographer. Welcome to Diana Prince Lives Next Door. Through my journey as a photographer and business owner, I have met so many remarkable women who make limitless contributions to make this world a better place. This series is dedicated to them. I want to acknowledge their power, their beauty, and I want to shine a spotlight on their daily heroism. Today's Diana Prince is Laurel Bernstein. She is the founder and president of Laurel Bernstein and Associates, a New Jersey-based consulting and training firm focused on enhancing the performance and leadership skills for small business owners. She's worked in tandem with some of the most powerful management team in New York's corporate elite. And that is why Laurel is my Diana Prince for today. Laurel, thank you for joining me on Diana Prince for this important series about getting out of your own way. Well, I'm so delighted and honored to be here today. This is a this term is something that's near and dear to my heart because in my corporate career and I was doing the photography and trying to develop my business while I was in corporate. So I did it as a side hustle for quite a while. And I wanted to break out of, of corporate. That was like my ultimate goal. And I've had people that said this term to me several times and I didn't get it. I nodded like crazy, like, oh yeah, I got to get out of my own way. I got to get out of my own way. You think you know what it means, but when you're sitting in your own shit, so to speak, you really don't. You really don't. So I wanted to kind of just get a couple of business owners out there, get their stories. And I thought that maybe just in sharing and having this conversation that we could just get underneath it a little bit and see if we can understand, get the information out there for women who may be in a, in a similar situation and are hearing the same stuff. Get out of your own way. What does that mean? What does that mean anyway? So thank you for chiming in on this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's start out, just get a little background about you. How long have you been in business? I started my business 16 years ago, but actually I've been doing this kind of work approximately 30 years before that. It was never truly formal because I was doing it in large organizations. And then they sent me to school and I got a certificate in executive coaching from Zicklin Business School and it became formal. So it's, it'll be 17 years in June. Oh, wow. So congratulations. 17 years is quite a tenure. That's yeah. I can hardly believe it. It sounds like a big number. <laughs> Your background before that, did you go from an employee at that time? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. what, okay. And what made you want to start your own business? So actually two things. I was making, helping people make big decisions where they were either bringing in enormous amounts of revenue for big companies, or they were saving big companies a lot of money. And when they would save money or bring money in, I was still getting my salary. Nothing changed. They would, they would get these bonuses and they would get so much credit. And I said, when is it my turn? When am I going to get a benefit from helping somebody make a big decision? So I graduated from Zicklin Business School and I said, okay, I think I need to do this on my own so that when I make a decision, it benefits me as well. Yeah, that, that bonus pool becomes a a catalyst for a lot of changes in people's lives. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I, I also come from the corporate environment and it doesn't matter like what massive changes, what impact that you make to a corporation, it's, you rarely see that benefit right, um, right. In, your, in your bonuses or salary increases. So 
So that made you want to break out. Tell us a, tell us a little bit of, about that. What I'm trying to get to, Laurel, is in your journey when you're breaking out, did you have any occurrences where you talked about it and people were saying, well, you got to get out of your own way? Do you have any examples of that? It happened shortly after I started my business. I was at a networking event and I was sitting between two people at a dinner table and I was thinking to my, I don't mind talking to these two people, but when I walk into a room full of people, I felt very intimidated. I felt shy and I was dreading the networking. It wasn't until we sat down at the table that I felt comfortable talking to a limited, sometimes even just one person. So I brought it up and I said, I'm very intimidated. And the woman sitting next to me said, Laurel, you've got to get out of your own way. And she said, you're very personable and you sh there's no reason why you should feel intimidated by a room full of people. And I left feeling a little hurt, a little angry. And I thought, how can I get over this feeling of coming into a room and feeling like it was bigger than me and more intimidating than anything I could handle it? I thought networking is going to be the reason I fail. And so I was determined to figure out how to fix that. Mm -hmm. Did you understand what she was trying to say? That it was a big, in hindsight, obviously we know what it means. Yeah, but at There's the time. Behavior that, that's some behavior that you're that you have out there that that is literally your own block or whatever did you understand it in the thick of that situation you're feeling timid in that group Let, let's back up have you always been like let's say timid in the networking space or in bigger groups always yeah always. i always did better with people i knew and one-on-one -on -one or three people or people that i invited i could be i could have 25 people in my home and not feel a problem because i know everybody but it, I walk into a room, I always used to feel very kind of shy, kind of this was going on and I was wanting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. How did you, so how did you deal with it? How did you recognize that it's something that you needed to change in pretty much everything, right? Your perception of big rooms, everything. Let, yeah, so let's talk about that. I joined Najabo. And they gave me a portfolio. They asked me to be membership retention chair. And they gave me a list of 104 names of people that I had to call over the course of the year. And I'm okay, one-on-one. -on -one. And this was on the telephone. This was way before Zoom. And so what was happening was I was having these many little relationships over the phone with people on a list. And I got to know them a little bit over the phone. And I was never shy about that. And then these were the people that were showing up in networking meetings. So it was no longer strangers in a room. These were people I had previous conversations with. These were people that I helped rejoin the job. Of. I knew a little bit about them because we had conversations. And I had this aha mo moment after a dinner meeting, realizing that the only difference between a big room with a lot of people that intimidated me was a, and a big room of people that didn't intimidate me was that I already knew them. I felt like I had little mini relationships and it was kind of on the way home. I kind of drove a little too fast because I was angry at myself, 
And it was almost this conscious decision not to feel intimidated anymore because these were just people I just needed to make little relationships with. And thankfully, it was a reversal of how I was feeling. Okay. So then would be fair to say that when you are confronted with a room full of strangers, what did you learn from that, from that experience? Because it sounds like you found out how to deal with it, which is basically kind of just getting in front of it by developing those small relationships. So, so let's talk about that. Cause as a business owner, you do go into other networking events where you may not know everybody. Did that process of developing those little relationships help you in the, in, in other challenges? I'm really glad you asked that because what I decided to do was if I walked into a room and I didn't know anybody, I would consciously try to start just two, any two people that looked easy to approach, just two little relationships. And after it happened maybe two or three times, it just got easier because it worked. I went to a giant networking event where there were like 180 women in this giant room. And it was a mini breakfast first, and then it was auditorium style where you're going to sit down. And I was online to get something from the fruit salad. And here was this woman in front of me, and I, I decided she was one of the two relationships. And what happened was she already knew somebody who was online in front of her. And we chatted, and then we sat together, and there were the two relationships. And I realized it's not about 180 people in a room. It's about the two that felt accessible and it worked again and again. And it, breaking that ice, it's breaking the ice, right? You walk yeah. into a cold, you start a conversation with two women at least, and that automatically just makes it somewhere where your eye can go. Like if, let's say you had to get up and say a couple of words, your eye can go to that person, but you got somebody. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It, it's funny because it's when we, when we're thinking about you know what we want to do with our lives, there's a lot of things that 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 hold us back, and a lot of the I've heard the sales piece of it for the somebody that wants to break out into their own business. Networking is a big deal. Networking is another thing when you put everything together and you have to start relationships from scratch. You're coming out of corporate, and now you're just uh, you don't know anybody, but you need like you need to know 300 people. It's a daunting task. So so I can see where that could be a hangup for somebody who wants to break out and do their own business, do their own business. And you give yourself all of these reasons that are not valid. I was worked in New York my whole career. And here I was in New Jersey starting a business here and thinking, my whole network is in New York. I'll never be able to do this here. Even when I moved, I live in Bloomfield and I moved from Bergen County and I had reached the point in Bergen County. I had a kid in school there, so I knew people, and I knew people from my synagogue, and I ran into people I knew in ShopRite. And when I moved out of Bloomfield, I thought, nobody's ever going to ring my doorbell again. Nobody's going to even know that I'm here. And it just took a while, and you recreate it. You get to know this one person, and then you go here, and little by little, my doorbell rang again. So it's like okay. this big picture thing. You forget to break it down into one relationship, one relationship, one at a time. I really do like that. Okay. So you realized that somebody pointed it out to you at a networking meeting. 
because you were sitting shy and that wasn't going to work for you. <laughs> you were going to build a business. So let's just talk about the get a little more in terms of somebody that may just be sitting in it right now. And they may not realize that they're in their own way. They may be hearing it like I did year after year, get out of your own way. What advice would you give a woman that may be sitting in the muck? Yeah. So her own behavior that's keeping. I would say that first of all, you have to really look, examine yourself and ask yourself, what is hard for me? What is holding me back? What is something I don't like to do? Or getting study like an accountability partner and just asking, what do you think I I could be doing to have this work? And really listen, even if it feels like it's a little hurtful or you feel that it's upsetting, at least sit down and think it through and think, how could I change this or make this better by doing one little thing. You don't have to create something or change big behaviors. Just make one little change. So it was like me going into this giant room and just finding one person instead of letting the whole room intimidate me. If somebody says, this is what you're not doing or you're holding yourself back, just think of one change, one tiny little change you can make and examine the success of it and think of how you went about it because it's just more of that. I like that you said that because if anybody's out there sitting and they can't seem to bring their dreams into fruition or can't seem to get be getting traction, one of the things that I, that I have realized after the fact is the importance of getting an accountability partner. But somebody that I think that knows you, would you say that's fair because they would know what you're avoiding. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Would you say that? Like that well, lady you know, kind of be... called you out on the networking event. It would be have to be somebody that knows you. Well, you can get to know somebody over time. And maybe it's it could be better because they're you're trying to get to know each other. So you might be more candid and tell them more about you. And mm-hmm. you can immediately see whether it's going to be a trusting relationship. And it's a good way to deepen the relationship is to say, I'd love for you to be my accountability partner and really give me feedback on the things that we share, because then there's this genuine feeling of wanting to help each other. People will do that for you. It is easier to find somebody to do that than you think. And sometimes a stranger is even better because they're a little bit more objective before they get to know you really well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's helpful. It's helpful when you have somebody, would you say when we're talking about an, the accountability partner, it would have to be somebody that's already in the business sector or their own their own business. Would you say that that's fair? Well, outside of corporate, <laughs> outside of corporate, I have two answers for that. All right, I've had an accountability partner since June of 1990. The same fellow every morning, every Monday morning at 7:15. We used to call each other, but now we text each other every morning. Monday morning at 7:15 we make a promise of something we're going to do during the week. And we tell each other whether or not we kept our promise from the week before. And we answer one question, what are you going to do for your professional career this week? And this fellow has absolutely nothing to do with the business world. The guy is a a very renowned Egyptologist. Mm -hmm. And he flies around the world from 
one museum, one museum to another from Alexandria to Cairo to London. And he had minimal knowledge of the business world. Um, he was willing to be my accountability partner because he was also trying to develop his career. And so we helped each other professionally. We still do it. It's every other week now and it's by text message, but he's where he's always challenging me to take care of one little thing that will help my business and my profession be better and me with him. Some of the things that we've suggested to each other sounded like outrageous stretches, but because we trusted each other and wanted to keep the promise, we went ahead and tried. Great. So for the women out there, if you can find somebody like Laurel's accountability partner, then that that's great. And if you can't any, I think anyone actually that can just keep you honest and, uh, and uh, be a sounding board and uh, understand it. Cause I, I'm looking at it from my perspective. I didn't have that. And basically I was left to my own devices and it took me longer than I, than it should have. Right. So get yourself an accountability partner if you don't already have one. And I, I think that's a good takeaway. I do too. And I think you're, you've hit it on the nose that it needs to be a sounding board. It really gets complicated if you find somebody that gives you advice. Mm -hmm. It's really better if they just listen to you and tell you what they think of what you're talking about more than anything else. A sounding board, like holding up a mirror. Yeah. 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 So you can see what your own, <laughs> what your own behavior looks like. They, they always say it's every... I don't know the exact quote, but there's a Buddhist quote that says, you want to know where all your problems are? Look in the mirror kind of thing. I don't have it exactly the way. No, but like I get that, it. But... We all get it. <laughs> have to look there more often. We need more mirrors in our house. Yeah. <laughs> but Laurel, thank you so much. Thank you for, for sharing your story with me. And, uh, you know, that these are very short and sweet talks because I want, I, I want it to be something that a lady could just listen to on the way to the grocery store and just think about for the rest of the day. So I, we are at a close. I want to just let all the listeners out there, if you're watching the video or listening in, I have put Laurel Bernstein and Associates website in the description, and I encourage you to reach out to Laurel and get to know more about her. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to talk with you today, Angela. Thank you, Laurel. It's been great and great advice.